live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings and welcome in on a Thursday morning, October 27th, 2022. Glad to have you with us. Uh, kind of warmish to start the day out here. Not going to get a lot warmer today, but we're already at 51 degrees in the uh, capital city. Maybe some rain today? Yeah? Maybe. I mean, it was uh, got a little bit of that yesterday. Uh, might be uh, seeing a little bit more here uh, today during the course of the day. It looks like your best chances in terms of percentage during the course of the day are going to happen a little bit later. So we're talking, um, if you've got if you've got outdoor plans today, we're talking... Uh, late afternoon, it looks like it peaks out around as I'm pulling my pulling the website up and trying to stall uh, about five o'clock, four or five o'clock this afternoon, and then uh, by the time you get to uh, midnight, one a.m., chances go significantly down. So maybe a little bit, uh, a little bit of rain today, uh, windy as well. So kind of a kind of a cloudy. Uh, not great day, but uh, we could we could use the rain. I uh, got a good show for you today. It's Thursday morning. That means we got. Ticket Thursday today, and today we've got tickets to Nebraska and Illinois. The football game on Saturday, a hot ticket to get when a top 20 team comes into town. Good weather uh, looks like on Saturday for that game. Should be a packed house. People haven't been to a home game for quite a while. So, yeah, these are uh, these are going to be some hot tickets to get, and we're going to play a little What is LNK Today with Jack and Friends Thinking Of. I will give you the topic of that as we get closer to the Ticket Thursday competition, but listen for that cue to call at 710, and you could win tickets to Nebraska and Illinois. Uh, also today, the Grow Lincoln team, Robin and Dave, new restaurants, retail businesses in the capital city. Uh, Greg Sharp is going to join us at 835. Uh, Fantasy Huskers keywords, so very busy in all the news uh, that is going to impact you here this morning. So uh, we get started Good morning, Mark. How are you doing today? I'm fine. How are you? All right. I'm good. I'm kind of slid. Stayed up late watching volleyball, and then I didn't, you know, the game actually didn't go that long because it was bad, and then I uh, then I was up kind of late. After. I don't know. I'm a little, I don't know. I'm in a little bit of a funk this morning. I need some, I need this show, need this show to kick in, improve my mood, improve my energy right now. I'll go make so a, I'm at. I'll, I'll go make a double pot of coffee then. No, we might put a little we, something in there for him. I might need a little something, something on uh, on that. <laughs> uh, let's. Uh, uh, by the way, we do have some light rain that's actually moving into parts of the city. Oh, is it already happening? Yeah, just, okay. It's very light, and it, it may not even reach the ground. It's that dry out, but uh, all right. North Lincoln, um, getting a little bit. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's a, um, a a very oh I don't know what the word is a very solemn day at my house uh, because Reggie the young pup is uh, losing his ability to have children. Oh, it's his no good, very bad day. Yeah. So my, my where unless we, unless we make a last minute change of mind here, I will not have grand dogs. Uh, in any form, what so. what what, uh, what petitions have gone to the parole board for? <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, yeah, so we are making that uh, free Reggie, making that official here later this morning. So uh, my thoughts and prayers are with him as he goes through that a little bit later today, and if, we'll it, well, see how much it changes his personality. Well, I know from from and obviously 
boys and girls, but when, when Ella had this done, she was just napping around, laying around for the next couple of days. Okay. So you might have that on tap and then, yeah, then, then you see what it does kind of, uh, kind of behavior wise, energy wise. We'll see. We will see. Maybe it'll be really good. That'd be all right. We will see. Uh, yeah. So that's my personal news for the, uh, day today. You probably ask Matt Machero all about so, that. At, yeah, uh, I could. Capital you could. Uh, Yes, so we're spending the weekend. Oh, well, he's spending the weekend recovering from uh, recovering from that situation. So that's what we're uh, we're up to this weekend. In addition to watching football and those sorts of things. Um, hey, R.I.P. Soon, the purple lights on the street lights, Mark. Yep. I can't believe it. Sad day in the capital. I didn't city. have any issue with these. I didn't either. I kind of like them. I continued to say I want more color options, yes. not less. I want you to light up different parts of the city with different colors. <laughs> Again, uh, you right, know, you guys you, heading over to the blue district. <laughs> Ooh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Uh, I, and I then feel of course, bad for that red light district. Yeah, I was going to leave that one off. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, you know, you could have had after the Huskers win, you know, you turn them all red, red and green for Christmas. Right. Wait, so are you saying we, we install all of the lights are all the smart lights that you can yes. go through and change it? You can strobe all of them. Right. It'd be, I mean, it'd be probably raising your taxes. Okay. That's a, that's a quality of life type situation. You know how all these football stadiums now, anytime anybody scores a, a touchdown in a night game at a college venue, it's just a light show. it turns into a light show. Uh, I think we need that capability. I think that'll draw the young people in, in addition to lower property taxes, Caleb. So if we can do those two things, the young people are going to be flocking here. The youngs but. love their colored lights. Uh, yes. Yeah, so it's, uh, what, 40% of them have been swapped out so far, Mark? Is uh, what I understand. You know, I'm, I'm just so disappointed that they're replacing them. I'm not following the story. Uh, just, well, you <laughs> just, I mean, you literally just reported I it. So I know it. Okay, I, well, just I say yes. Just I don't say yes. yes. My number is right. So that was more rhetorical than okay. a question. So, yes, they're, they're, they're trying to swap out about 1,500. About 40% of them have been uh, swapped out. Um, the, the, so it's, uh, it's not costing them any, they did spend 12 m- m- million dollars on these new lights, but I wonder what the savings. they got lemons essentially. So well, they're I, getting, they're I guess getting it was free a replacements, whole, a, a whole batch. I mean, it's not just Lincoln. There's, yeah. If you Google it, cities all over the place yeah. have stories about this. So I, you know, I can see if they were blue lights. I mean, you right. got a problem with blue lights, you know, all those screens and all of that, but not right. purple. Well, it was funny. Apparently, we're not the only ones who kind of liked them because uh, Liz Elliott, the LTU director, said some people love the purple lights. Yeah. She said, but we just want to make sure. She, and she also said some people don't. She said, and we just want to make sure that we are getting what our community wanted and paid for. I wonder so, how much the savings actually were. Electricity uh, you mean costs. in terms of LED versus yep, the whatever one. they were using whatever, before? Yeah. Were they using incandescent for those still? I don't know. Even before? I doubt it. I bet. I mean, I doubt that they looked. They didn't. They looked like. I'm not sure what it was, but I've I mean, got to imagine they Zeon, weren't using uh, Xeon or whatever. Some, something like fluorescent or something. I'm not well, sure. Yeah, it's a, uh, fluorescent doesn't work very well in real cold weather. Fluorescent don't, lights don't work. Period. Well, anywhere. I know. We got those in our basement, and it is a pain. And especially when you, I know it's not what chapter had Wednesday, but changing those fluorescents out is one of my least favorite jobs. That I but you about once every three months in your house you'll have one of them that's sort of blinking half on and it'll drive you crazy if you don't change them out. 
but changing them out is not a fun experience. You ought to uh, replace the whole uh, kit with a new kit that you put in the LED tubes. Well, see, you can put you can put LED uh, you can put LED tubes in the fluorescent. You don't even have to change out the thing. So I can get LED ones now, which are much thinner. Um, and I but have, don't you have so, to take the ballast out. No, oh. you just they can just replace the fluorescent. At least I, I have. I've had them in for months, uh, and they're much thinner. So that aids in the difficulty of the actual, because part of it is like those the 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 holding the yeah. casing for it is barely big enough to fit those things in there, and you just scratch up the sides and you bust out the uh, the little receptacle thing that it's supposed to go in. It's a it's just a it's a very imprecise process, at least when I do it. So anyway, um, yeah, we got that. So we it should be um, it should be Mark. Did you? I forgot. Did do they say when they thought they were all going to be changed out? No, I don't remember. Okay, well, lots of detail on this story here. Well, it looks like, from my own research, I can tell you it sounds like it's uh, going to talk and in, go into the winter. So, uh, but eventually, probably sometime twenty twenty three, you will have all white lights and the purple lights will be a thing of the past, just a relic that we remember from boring twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. And then there is. And then there's this, uh, which you also uh, talked about here a little bit, and that's this uh, this beef heist. Yeah, that was going on, or me, uh, maybe it's not just beef, beef and pork, beef and pork heist, which turned out to be not a small deal. This is a multi million dollar meat theft ring that the uh, that apparently Lancaster County Sheriff's Office, among others, have broken up. Here at this yeah, point, the Lancaster County Sheriff's Office is one of the, uh, I think, one of the agencies, one of the key agencies that worked with uh, investigation. I think it was Homeland Security that, that helped it. Uh, six states, uh, thefts from six states, tractor trailer loads, nine million dollars worth of product stolen. Um, crime ring based in Miami. Yeah. So. So they are. So there was an. So Sheriff's Office, uh, Homeland Security. Uh, office in Omaha, Florida Highway Patrol, the Miami El Dorado Task Force South, all teaming up for this thing. Uh, uh, identify and arrest three I- individuals. And they got the three tractor trailers with about half a million dollars uh, worth of stolen items in them. Thirty some thirty-seven year old, thirty-seven, thirty-eight, thirty-nine year olds, all from the Miami, Florida area. They are expecting more arrests as well. So yeah. So they don't, and they don't know, according to to the sheriff, exactly where the, the you know the end destination was for the stolen meat. Just that they would, they were basically these were the these were the people who were assigned the job of actually stealing, stealing and delivering. So they they knew what to look for, hook up the trailer, take off, um, and and you know. And then take off with these these whole thing, these these truckloads full of meat, essentially. Yeah, um, some of it was box beef. Uh, the, there was a couple of, um, I think, two trailer loads that were found in the southern part of the county. Was it last year or earlier this year that had been stolen right. out of uh, central Nebraska? Yeah, and so, so. they're saying there are, they have they've identified forty five different thefts in this whole thing across those states that you were talking about. And the the recovery on that one, the the one where the arrests were made, was about half a million dollars. But we're talking like nine, ten million dollars. Yes, 
in stolen meat. Yep. Truckloads of meat. Yes. Again, where do you, is there a black market for meat? How does this work exactly? Are you just, uh, somebody have a really good size deep freeze? And you're like, we're set all summer if we get all this. My my guess is it went into the food chain, probably um, into, I I don't want to say the restaurant industry in total, but they're probably had some underground connections and were able to get into uh, some of those big city restaurants would be my guess or some institutional uh, situations sell it for uh for uh, 50 cents on the dollar and you're still making a pretty good profit there millions of dollars but uh these agencies got together and busted this thing and so uh the arrests were made we'll see if there are more and uh these are by the way there's arrested under federal law here under this whole thing, transportation is stolen goods and money laundering. So, yeah, and when you take it across state lines, right, yeah. then then you really yep. you get the feds involved, and then yeah. you could be in the federal courts. And of course, if if they are convicted and sentenced, there's no parole in the federal courts uh, in the federal mm-hmm. prison system. So they could be doing some serious time. Yes, they could. So anyway, that is uh, busted up. Interesting news there. And unfortunately, we had another meat story overnight up North Lincoln. What's a tractor trailer load of cattle tipped over. Oh, no. Uh, injured and killed some cattle, and they were oh. still cleaning up. It was southbound 77, trying to make the corner to eastbound I 80 and went over on its side. So oh, just like too too tight of a turn. And evidently, just... or, or too much speed. To, don't really know what happened oh. about 1225 this morning. So yeah, they may still be in some cleanup up there. That sounds like a mess. Yeah. That sounds like a real mess. Tip over a load of cattle, and yeah, you've got a mess. Uh, and then last night in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, well, I guess I, I got my wish for things not to be, uh, so, so easy (laughs) and so little drama. Unfortunately, it went the other direction as Nebraska struggled last night in a way that I've not seen that team struggle in a long time. Yeah, it was, Wisconsin was really doing what, what we're so used to Nebraska doing where literally it keeps the ball off the floor at all costs, and it's so hard to get kills. And then you add on some attacking errors, and you add on some service errors. And Nebraska played out of system a lot last night. And what that means is you weren't able to get a clean pass directly to your center, who then is able to run the offense. It's a lot of times Nicklin Hames had to be the one who who popped something up, or she's taken a long ways off the net, or it's passed and Nicklin can't get to it, or Ani can't get to it. So you see Lexi Rodriguez have a to lot. bump it up. Or there a is lot. a lot of free balls going over. Yeah. Now, Nebraska did have that stretch in the second set where it was a 10-1 run to get it back to 23-all. But outside of that, Wisconsin's serve really messed Nebraska up for, for most of the night. And then I think they were just a little bit out of gas. And uh, there was a lot of folks trying to tell me, oh, Nebraska's got momentum going into the third set. because I felt of the like way- maybe they did the way that ended. But, but, but yeah. the way you go through there, that can be such an emotional letdown. Yeah. And, and you saw that play out a little bit into the into the third and Wisconsin really uh, took control of it again. Man, it just it was it was rough. They were by far the uh Wisconsin was by far the best team last night. By far. Yeah, and I'm and wondering so, how much of that how much of that last night was not physical as it was mental. That Wisconsin has now won the last nine straight geez. Between the two well, in the series. The good news is they come to Lincoln on Black Friday. Yes. And that Nebraska will get another shot 
uh, at at Wisconsin, and that'll probably be a, a, a I, I I would be shocked if that that match is a sweep like this one was, where one team so um, you know considerably dominated the other team. I'd be very surprised if you've got that situation once again. And and this team, and I guess you know, a couple of silver linings on this. Um, in in previous years and and probably this year as well, frankly, that Stanford loss, nothing really galvanizes this team like a loss mm-hmm. uh, and coming together after a loss, and right. it sort of just gets their dander up a little bit. So maybe you'll have that. And then the other, I, I guess the other silver lining is is Becca Alex's trajectory right now is just ridiculous uh, in terms of um, how much she's come along and yes. become a weapon from the middle. Yeah, leads the team in kills. I think she hit over 600 again last night. Her last several games have she been was the bright spot last insane. Night. Um, and then you you look long term. Yeah, Wisconsin will be coming to Lincoln. Nebraska still controls their own destiny because you go win out, including a win over Wisconsin, yeah. and that means you've given everyone else enough losses that Nebraska can win the Big Ten, stay at home in December. Yeah. Yep, that'll be a huge, huge game on uh Black Friday, but they've got Maryland first. That's Saturday. Maryland night. Saturday. Another shot. A very the best blocking team in the nation. So uh Nebraska got their work cut out for them once again. All right, we'll take a break. Sports is next on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to your inbox every afternoon. Just sign up for the daily for free at KLIN.com. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, 636, and it is time for a Fantasy Huskers keyword for you to text in in the Rick Stein Recognition text line at 402-479-1400, and you might get the pick, which is uh, pick number seven in Fantasy Huskers to guess how many rushing yards Illinois puts up against Nebraska. The word to text in today is division. Division, D-I-V-I-S-I-O-N, Division. Text that in, and uh, you might get your chance to win that prize package from Alumni Hall and Valentino's. One other reminder, we are a half hour away from that cue to call for Ticket Thursday. Today's tickets are a pair to Nebraska and Illinois at Memorial Stadium on Saturday. Chance for Nebraska to unseat the division leader in the West and put themselves back in that conversation. Chance to get home after being on the road for a long time. Chance to enjoy a nice day at Memorial Stadium. That could be the first top 25 victory for Nebraska football since 2016. Kids who were born the week that Mike Riley got that win against Oregon are now six years old. It's the way math works, yeah. That's just it's hard to believe. They've never seen Nebraska six year old kids in this six year old kids in this state have not seen Nebraska be the top twenty five team. Okay? That's where we are. And if you were worried about making that double, the Nebraska volleyball, Nebraska football, going to both of both of those games, well volleyball moved back thirty minutes, so you've got plenty of time between games now. Smart move. Smart move. So uh yeah. Good luck. We're not giving you tickets to the volleyball game. No, no you're no, on your you're on your own getting that one. That's on you guys. <laughs> we have, we don't we don't have access to those. <laughs> all right, that's not true. We've given those away before in the past too. Uh all right, so be listening for that cue to call. We're gonna play, by the way, we're gonna do the uh 
the What is LNK Today with Jack and Friends thinking of. It is, uh, I will give you this piece of information. It is holiday related. Ooh. Holiday related. So that's all the that's all the information I'm going to give you right now. We'll have more a little bit later on that. All right. Sound off time. Let's see. What should we jump into first? Oh, let's get the politics out of the way first, shall we? How about this? Did you know, ladies and gentlemen, we are still a week and a half or so from Election Day all across the country, yet they're already, already before any votes have been cast on Election Day at the ballot box itself, they're already a whole bunch of election challenges in court for the election that is yet to come. Already? Right now. This is our new world, Caleb. This is this is elections post-2020. Already more than 100 challenges have been filed in courtrooms across the nation, largely filed by Republicans targeting mail-in voting, early voting, voting machines, and access for partisan poll workers. Democratic lawsuits challenge what they see as voter suppression efforts. It's the most litigation ever before an election, and both Democrats and Republicans concerned with election integrity say it's likely a preview of a potentially contentious post-election landscape. Gary Baumgarten, Fox News. Fun. Fun. Good times. Um, this is, I mean, this is the new, this is the new landscape of, of elections. Uh, let's see, what else do we have here uh, on this? I guess I don't have too much, uh, I don't have too much here on politics. That's good. That's nice. Uh, this isn't, I mean, I, this is about Biden, but it's not, it's not so much uh, political as it's kind of an interesting policy discussion. Um, junk fees, junk fees. Uh, Biden is uh, taking a uh, he's taking an uh, adversarial position to what are called these junk fees. But where do you get them? What are they exactly? And what can you really do about them? Let's find out a little bit more. So-called junk fees, President Biden says, are costing Americans billions of dollars. Surprise charges the companies sneak into bills because they can. The president says federal agencies are cracking down on things like excessive overdraft penalties, hotel booking fees, and termination charges. In fact, there's an entire industry that's popping up in America to help companies use complicated algorithms to hide fees that hurt consumers. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau is issuing new guidance about bank fees that could be unlawful or unfair. Other agencies are looking at fees charged by Internet providers and airlines. At the White House, Jared Halpern, Fox News. Yeah, I did just uh, I did just book a hotel uh, for uh, going on a little bit of a trip, and... So you see the price at the beginning, mm-hmm. right? When you pick the room, you're like, okay, this looks good, right? Two two queen beds. It's the nights I want. That price looks okay, and you get to uh, you get to check out, and it is, I mean, in addition to all the taxes, then the additional <laughs> fees, and you're like, that is not even close to what I was right. shown at the beginning of this thing. Yeah, you should be able to so, shop by the actual part, cost. Yes, now part of that is is not junk fees; it's actual taxes that factor in. To this thing as well but some of it is also all of the different fees that go into this as well um so anyway it's yeah now there there are some sites that actually do allow you to do that uh, where it plugs in the actual where you can switch you can toggle between price and actual cost on those things mm-hmm. 
it's just a lot less fun to do it with the actual cost, I think. It's way, it's, it's way better to put that off to the last minute, it feels like. Uh, let's see. Uh, continuing concern from doctors around the country uh, on the effect of uh, RSV on kids and what it's doing to some of the pediatric beds in hospitals around the country. A virus known as RSV puts pressure on hospitals across the country. According to the CDC, about 75% of pediatric beds are full. RSV usually results in flu-like symptoms. It can cause severe complications in babies and toddlers if left untreated. Public health officials fear RSV could overlap with the beginning of flu season and further strain hospitals. They also expect COVID infections to rise in coming weeks as the CDC monitors a new COVID strain that caused a surge in cases overseas. In Los Angeles, William Lajeunesse, Fox News. Caleb, you guys prepared for that uh, that morning where it's like, oh boy, we got a sick kid or somebody at daycare was sick. Oh boy. Yeah, we've, Here we and, go. And we've had it before where, say, we get done with the show or even the show's going on and I get a text saying, hey, Millie's sick, or we get a message from daycare saying, hey, yeah. someone in your class, because we had to do this with COVID. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So because we had to do it with COVID, there's a little bit of a, I just go tell the bosses, hey, here's the situation. Right. And lucky enough for us, we work in a place that outside of here's the live show, <laughs> yeah. we do have some flexibility in, in our work yeah, schedule. I feel so. bad for people who don't. I mean, I just, yeah, that, it's got to be hard when yeah. these things pop Cause, up. Because some people, it's you've got to be there yeah. 9 to 5 yeah. or whatever your schedule is. We are very fortunate where right. we are, and because we had to deal with it with COVID, I think we, we've got a pretty decent plan in place. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I don't miss those days. It's uh, still not any fun when it happens. Yeah. Uh, well, if you needed another reason to get plenty of sleep at night, well, new research says, hey, you got a lot better shot at avoiding some of the worst diseases if you just get enough hours of sleep every single night. The findings of a new study could serve as a wake-up call for some sleep-deprived who it says face a higher risk of developing chronic illnesses. The peer-reviewed study published in PLOS Medicine looked at 8,050-year-olds in the UK with no chronic disease over a span of 25 years. During that time, they learned those who got no more than five hours of sleep a night faced a 30% higher risk of developing chronic illnesses such as diabetes, cancer, and heart disease than those who got at least seven hours. By age 70, their likelihood of disease jumped to 40%. The National Sleep Foundation recommends seven to nine hours of sleep a night for those 18 to 64. Lillian Wu, Fox News. So if you're getting enough sleep and you're healthier, you're more likely to be healthier? (laughs) I love how they act like getting enough sleep is like just fully a choice. Right, like it's just, right. like are there are there a lot of people out there that are deliberately, um, you know, having a big sleep deficit because that's what they want. Um, almost no one, right? Right. It's either because of the realities of scheduling in your life, where you've got to be at, you know, what you've got to be doing. Or do you have? Do you have kids? Do you have? Or, or are you working multiple? Jobs? Are you working multiple jobs? Or do you have? You know. Pain and difficulty sleeping because of pain and other issues or those sorts of things. It's generally not. Do you not, work a morning show that still comes on after an 8 just, o'clock first serve? I just love it. All these studies in sleep are like, you really should can consider getting more sleep. Yeah, no crap. We all want that. I mean, it's not like it's not like the vast majority of, especially when you're talking to adults worried about disease are like, 
you know, just staying up till one in the morning playing video games when right. they should be sleeping. So I, <laughs> I always laugh a little bit. It's not to take anything away from the, the conclusion here, but yeah, I'd take eight hours of sleep a night. Wouldn't you? Seven to nine, sign Would, me up, baby. Right? <laughs> There's, is there anybody who hears that who's like, you know what? I'm going to pass on the on the eight hours of sleep tonight. That's just not And I know me. this is your deal, but it's, if you're not getting enough sleep, then my sleep number. <laughs> didn't, wasn't set up yet, but no. maybe I'll reference yeah, that. You, you could have rolled it. And, and, and then <laughs> talk, about, talk about studies that are obviously have some truth to them, but I don't quite know exactly what the point is. There's this new study on what's called vitality, okay? You okay. you want vitality, yes. I think that's clear. The Wait, qu- can, can we, like, what's the definition of vitality? Well, take a listen. <laughs> a survey of more than 10,000 U.S. adults found 18% had high vitality, defined by the group as the capacity to pursue life with health, strength, and energy. Those individuals were found to be healthier, both mentally and physically, more likely to exercise, have high job satisfaction, and are less likely to be obese. The 15% of adults with low vitality had poorer diets, less sleep, more chronic medical conditions. They also were more likely to be socially isolated and had poorer work quality. Signa notes communities and employers should consider vitality to learn how to help people thrive, but doesn't note any specific suggestions as to how to do that. Gianfalosi, Fox News. You guys should do this, but we don't so, know how. So, there's this there's this group of people I've noticed in society that just has their crap together. They're just you know they're and we think they're doing it right. And then there's another group that is emotionally unstable, overweight, uh, make a lot of bad choices. Probably what, have toddlers. What we think is we want less of what they're doing. So. Um, that's the conclusions of this whole thing. Oh, yeah, what's the point? What what is vitality? Is it a? It just means you've got all those things, or do you need a a pill, or what is it exactly? Health, that health, is the least helpful study I've ever heard of in my life. So, health, strength, and energy. So, on the health side, and I guess you could do some of the strength part of it. Are businesses supposed to start if they're not already? Offering more stuff with gym memberships? Are they supposed to start offering stuff where partner with your local GNC? Uh, uh, again, uh, it made it, it made it sound like there was this vitality was this thing inside of these people that they had that the others didn't have. It's just innate you, to them. Yes, that it's innate. They've got this and they're doing well because of it. These people don't have it. These slobs over here. And that's why and you see not them sitting well. on the and couch so, playing video games. conclusion is, you want it. That's it. it. Sounds like that group is ready to just sell me a pill. Do you but, want this? I guess, yeah. <laughs> Whatever these people are doing. I'll have what they're having. Uh, so, remember when we were getting all excited last spring and it sounded like the United States might be changing um, daylight saving time and going to full-time daylight saving time and, and all that? Remember that? And then, and then and, and now I think that got, was like, all pushed off. I don't know. Then happened. I guess that's not happening. Well, our neighbors to the south, the Mexicans, yeah, uh, they're they're moving on this thing. They're showing us how it's done. How you change things up when it comes to setting your clocks forward, back, or not doing it. A proposal to do away with daylight saving time stalled in Congress earlier this year. But in Mexico, the Senate approved a bill Wednesday to put an end to the practice of changing clocks twice a year. 
Opponents say less daylight in the afternoon could affect opportunities for children and adults to get exercise. The law takes effect Sunday when Mexico is scheduled to turn clocks back for the last time. Some cities and towns along the U.S. border can retain daylight saving time, presumably because they are so linked to U.S. cities. Tom Rigotti, Fox News. So they're, so they're turning them back for the last time. Um, so that means they'll still jump ahead but just won't turn them back next November? That, that, or next October, sounds. November, if I'm understanding how now, that Now, Mexico work. is also further south than what we are, and a lot of the concern for the United States is the northern states and what that would look like, especially when you get into winter. Right. Well, again, we're going to have this in a week or so. Yeah. Where you're going to, where it's going to be 515, you're going to be like, oh my God. You want to talk about what takes a, what just shoots my vitality? That takes my vitality down. (laughs) That's exactly right. Vitality. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Uh, All right. And then why don't we, uh, why don't we? Oh, I even I've got uh, I've got a clip too. We I know we talked about this. We, it was in our own newscast, so you got the details on it. And Mark talked about it. But this uh, this whole beef heist thing, where Lancaster yeah. County Sheriff's Office, with the along with other agencies, cooperated to get these arrests of these dudes from Florida who had stolen uh, at least half a million dollars worth of meat and maybe like nine ten million dollars worth of meat it's making some uh some national news it started with an investigation this summer into semi-trailers hauling nearly one million dollars in frozen beef going missing in nebraska local and federal law enforcement then realizing this brazen beef thievery was much wider than that targeting beef and pork packaging plants in five other states including wisconsin and iowa three miami-based men were arrested last week yoslani del sol lydia andino and delvis fuentes Investigators say they also recovered three tractor trailers with stolen merch valued at over half a million dollars. Shana Stulen, Fox News. So, like, you really have to know how the, I mean, it sounds like what you're doing there is you really have the insight into how the uh, sort of the logistics go at a processing center to be able to do that mm-hmm. and 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 pull this off time and time again. Can you imagine people going outside of these places? Like, I could have swear there was a truck of beef here. Five minutes ago, just, a, just five minutes ago, I could have sworn. I just, I think I just stepped in to go to the bathroom, and it's gone. Am I going crazy? Uh, last but not least, oh boy, there was no Powerball winner last night. Good. I was at the gas station last night, uh, getting some, actually getting some Fritos because the grocery stores are all sold out of Fritos. Uh, but I think I was the only one not buying a Powerball ticket in that entire place. Everyone gets another chance at a Powerball jackpot worth. Hundreds of millions of dollars with no grand prize winner in the last drawing. Saturday night's estimated bonanza will be $800 million. That would be the fifth largest jackpot in U.S. lottery history. And if the winner chooses a cash payout, that's worth more than $383 million. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. You want to know what could go a long way to improving my vitality? What's that? Three hundred eighty-three million boatload of cash. <laughs> Seems like it would help, wouldn't it? Just all the cash. <laughs> Vitality. That's the key. Vitality. I hadn't thought of that. Here, I thought it was eating healthy and and that stuff. That's but it's- the health part of it. Yeah, that comes after the vitality. No, that's part. Like- that's that's part of vitality. You innately eat healthier. Work out right. The vitality enables you to do those things. It's the genetics because your great granddad had vitality. So do you. All right. It's six fifty four. 
I'll take that then. <laughs> 654, we'll take a break. I'll uh, hear from the Capital Humane Society next on KLIN. It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. Well, uh, as I mentioned, it's a, uh, it's a very solemn day at our house as our uh, dog Reggie is going to be losing his ability to procreate today. Um, so, you know. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go forward, but if you are wanting a uh, dog or cat uh, to be in your house without procreating, <laughs> this is going a weird place. Uh, you, That's a lead-in. We've got, we got the Capital Humane Society here, uh, who has plenty of them for you. Matt Medchar joining us at the Capital Humane Society. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing today? Good. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, all right. Tell us about the pets that are available this week. So first we got Riley, and Riley is an approximately 10-month-old German Shepherd. She's a spayed female, and she's primarily tan with some black on her, but she weighs about 60 pounds, so she'll fill out a little bit, probably end up more in the 75, 80-pound range when it's all said and done. But she came in as a lost dog, and unfortunately nobody came looking for her. But she's a little shy at first, and so she's looking for a home that can help her build her confidence, get her out around a lot of people and other dogs and uh, let them let her know that, you know, the world's not that scary. And, and mm. uh, she'll take to training really quickly too. She's smart as long as you got a bag full of treats. So. Good. Good. All right. What else we got? And then we got uncle Fester. He's <laughs> about uh, five to six months old. He's a domestic short hair neutered male orange tabby. And he also came in lost and was not claimed, but He's a big fan of uh, noisy toys that he can chase all over to wear himself out until he can uh, take a nap on the couch or on your lap. So he and all the cats and kittens right now, uh, adoption fees are reduced by 50% through Sunday. So lots of cats and kittens looking for homes. All right. Very good. How can people make adoptions? So Pylock Pet Adoption Centers out at 70th and Highway 2. We're open today and tomorrow, 1130 to 7, Saturday and Sunday from 12 to 5. All right. Very good. Thank you very much, Matt. We appreciate it. Let's get those pets adopted. We'll check in with you next week. All right. Have a good one. There you go, Matt Metcharo. Capital Humane Society. All right. We've got tickets to Nebraska, Illinois. We need to give them away. The way that we are going to give them away, we're going to play a little bit of a guessing game. It's our version of 20 questions. It is what is LNK Today with Jack and Friends thinking of. We are thinking of something. This is a Halloween-themed one. I'll give you more of the detail uh, as we get closer. I don't want you to do any studying or anything like that. We just have your chance to narrow down what we're thinking of, and the person who correctly guesses it is going to get themselves a pair of tickets to see Nebraska and Illinois Saturday at Memorial Stadium. Should be a great game. Nice weather. Nebraska has a chance to uh, knock off a ranked team and and really get the season going in the right direction. So be listening for that cute call a little bit later. Our morning drive, the Grow Lincoln team, Greg Sharp as well. So we're jam-packed on a Thursday morning. 51 degrees, some light rain in the area as well in the capital city. It is 7 o'clock on KLIM Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. I mean, we're not really trying to trick anyone here. It's pretty simple. It's uh, one state's favorite candy for Halloween. Okay. Uh, it's something you heard of. We just, we just need you to try and guess which Halloween candy we're thinking of. And you do that with uh, strategy. You do that by asking us a yes-no question, narrowing it down, and then uh, after having narrowed it down, putting a guess up, 
And if you get it, you're going to Nebraska and Illinois. I've got the lines full right now. As soon as somebody drops off, that'll open up a line for you. So if you time it right, you may still be able to get in. We may go a little ways here. Uh, so uh, you still have a chance to win, even if you're not on the line right now. So let's get things started with what is LNK today with Jack and friends thinking of thinking of a Halloween candy that also happens to be at least one state's favorite Halloween candy, according to a recent survey. Uh, Scott is first on this. Good morning, Scott. How are you doing? Good morning, Jack. Uh, I'm doing well. All right. Thank you. You've got the entire field of candy. Let's start narrowing it down. All right. Uh, the name of the state, is it between <laughs> A and M? Uh, no. no. All right. Let's go with... Uh, Very surgical here. <laughs> well, we're going to go with Tootsie Pops is this it, morning. Is it Tootsie Pops? No, it's not Tootsie Pops. Before he said that, I was God, thinking in my a, head, should they narrow down I was, this particular I was, candy or well, the who states knows? first? He may not have the right list, though. I, I just said ask survey. I don't know that, I don't know that that's the best way to do this. Also, uh, you don't challenge Scott. Also, he, he's pretty good. Pretty also, good what if it was one where there were multiple? I actually need to check that. I, I think it was just one, but all right. Uh, Tina's going to try this now. Uh, good morning, Tina. What is your uh, question to narrow down? Which candy we are thinking of this morning? Is it a candy bar with chocolate? No. Good question. That is okay. I'm going to guess Skittles. Is it Skittles? <laughs> it's not Skittles. It is not Skittles. Oh, bummer. This isn't going to last very long, is it? No. Okay. <laughs> Scott's on the line again already. All right. Uh, he's uh, Maybe that Paul can steal it before he gets it, though. We'll see. Good morning, that Paul. Good morning, but I'm not very good at this stuff. Okay, good. <laughs> is it? What do you mean, good? <laughs> I got, well, that Paul, I have a 10-minute segment to fill. I don't, I did, I'd prefer to have a few more customers. Okay. Is the state? West of the Mississippi. I did not expect people to go with the state. How do people even know if they're looking at the right list? I like That's fine. I don't know that I do, but uh, I don't know that that's a good... The answer is yes. I'm just going to critique the strategy. The answer is yes. Is it Pez? Is it Pez? No, it is not. I love us just trying to figure out what the state is. Did someone send out a link to what I'm looking at? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I don't, there are probably a million of these online. There's probably a, this is probably ubiquitous. I mean, all I did was I, I just used that to sort of narrow the world of candies that this could be in. It wasn't. Didn't That's mean, what everyone else. Is I doing didn't too. mean it to be the crux of the <laughs> of the figuring this thing out. In, in in two more callers, they're not even going to be guessing for the candy. They're going to just be guessing the state. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, geography quiz. All right, here. back to Scott. Uh, all right, Scott, uh, d- d- your your uh, question uh, is it a hard candy? Yes, Jolly Ranchers. It is Jolly Ranchers, Scott. <laughs> what, what gave it away? You win the tickets. Congratulations, Scott. You're going to the game on Saturday. All right. Cool. Good there deal. You. Yeah. Good job. Good job. <laughs> I mean. He won by the rules. I yes, mean, he did. He, he yeah, did. He did. I mean, it was smart, and I know he probably he and that Paul and probably several other people probably had the exact same list pulled up that I did because it's the one that's cited all the time from CandyStore.com. 
uh, and it just came out a couple of weeks ago. And then they sent out press releases, Mark. You know yes. how this goes. And, oh, yes. And they try and get interview. They, they peddle interviews and those sorts of things. But, yes, according to this list, I tried to throw people off the scent. I tried to say, who knows which list you could be looking at. I guarantee they were all looking at the right list. Yeah. If you what state it, was it? South Dakota. What about you weirdos? I was born in South Dakota. Well, you know why that, that's the, I can the say that, preferred though. candy there? Because there's got, a lot of ranchers there? They had a lot of happy ranchers. Oh, I guess so. <laughs> that wasn't that funny, Caleb. Don't encourage you. No, I mean, happy, I, I misstated that. They're happy cowboys. Okay. Okay. It's still not funny. Um, yes, uh, South Dakota. <laughs> sorry, Mark, but I'm just being I'm just being real. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Huskers uh, lose a, a match and you get all real. I, I And I question, by the way, some of the methodology of this survey because this was the same one. We talked about this the other day where Nebraska's came in Number one, Sour Patch Kids. Stop. Yeah, stop. That's a no, that is a not a big time like novelty candy. That's, that's fake. That news. is not fake that news. is not like your bread and butter of candy. No, that's a novelty candy. That's like Pop Rocks. It's a novelty it's candy. Like Pez. Pez, it's is a, Pez is even more standard than Sour Patch Kids. It's yeah, but- it's like the one chip challenge of of candy. Number two is saltwater taffy. Now, I'll give you this. If they took this survey in 1930, Nebraska, maybe, because... uh, They may have. It was probably very popular. But again, salt... Like, honestly, uh, like, serious question. I'm sure there are some candy specialty stores you could go to to get saltwater taffy, but if I'm at the grocery store, is that even buyable? Just at a grocery store? The only time... I'm buying any taffy as if I'm going to Colorado and it's one of the tourist things. Yeah, and that's watching what, a make yes. it. Yeah, that's exactly where right. I just sit and I stare into that window and watch it go around that we machine did that, for an hour. Yes, we did that when we were in uh, when we were in Florida over spring break. Same thing. They have this huge candy store and they're like, and you're like, ooh, this salt. You, you, you see all the different flavors and you're like, ooh, this would be fun to have. This would be good. And you buy it and you're like, I I did not want this there are a lot of beautiful all. places in estes park but i will stand on that right that sidewalk for an hour have you ever been that happy you bought it after the fact though no have you ever been like oh yeah we got that but they usually set up at county fairs and the state fair too probably with those taffy probably make. i just i highly question i highly question the the ranking of nebraska sour patch kids one saltwater taffy too <laughs> Okay, that's a legitimate. Now Twix being top three, that makes. They've sense. got Twix three, which is my number one, I think. But yeah, I mean, but like, here's the thing: like, other states have very normal, like, like very normal ratings, like California. Okay, Reese's Cups one, M and M's two, Skittles three. That seems very reasonable. That's kind of your standard garden variety stuff. Or Iowa, even our neighbors, Iowa. M&M's one, Reese's Cups two, Hershey's Mini Bars three. Very reasonable. But some of the weird ones that are on here, there are other weird ones like Louisiana. You know what Louisiana's number one favorite candy is according to this? Pickled crawdads? (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. Lemon heads. Lemon heads. Like those lemon drops? Yeah. My grandma used to have, like, in her china cabinet, yes. one of the drawers. I don't know why. I just had this memory flood into my head. But but in her china cabinet, there was one drawer, and she had lemon. I don't know if they were lemon heads, but they were lemon drops. Lemon drops, yeah. Yeah, and I would always, as a kid, I would always go sneak those lemon drops out of there. 
They're very good. Lots of hard candy. Did you ever have a candy dish to your grandparents with those circus peanuts? Uh, I know what you're talking about. I don't. Oh. They didn't have a a dish, but I do. Here was speaking of hard candy. I remember like on Christmas Christmas time. Um, it was a grandparent thing again, largely. I don't know if we did it at our house, but they would just put out a dish of like loose, unwrapped hard candy. Oh, yeah, you can get it in a bag and loose. Yeah, <laughs> it was just loose, completely unwrapped, very hard. Like it was very pretty. You know, it was like red and white striped and all different colors and stuff. But it would eventually they would kind of stick together. <laughs> so you had to kind of chisel a piece off if you were if you were really wanting it. It, it stuck like and, peanut and, brittle sticks. Yeah, he yeah. did. And yeah. everybody like everybody had their hands all over the yep. whole thing, which I guess is true of you know like a a bowl of M and M's or something like that too. But there was just something weird about that. That that was a big thing. All right, I looked through and I found the state that has the worst top. Three. All right, who, it's not Nebraska. It's not Nebraska. That's good. Who is it? It does start with an N. Do you want to know if it's east or west of the Mississippi? No, don't sound <laughs> North Carolina. Uh, New York. Oh, New York. Number one, Sour Patch Kids. Well, same as Nebraska. Number two, Hot Tamales. So, yeah. And number three, Candy Corn. Okay. There, there's... Well, and here's the thing. It doesn't even matter if you are the pro or anti-Candy Corn. If you are putting together your top three list... And there's no chocolate? And that is just there's garbage. There's no chocolate in the whole thing. I mean, same thing with Indiana. No chocolate in that one. Number one, Starburst. Number two, Hot Tamales. Number three, Jolly Ranchers. Well, nor- in, in Indiana, North, North Dakota, Hot Tamales, Jolly Ranchers, Candy Corn. Yeah, no chocolate. I don't get that. But then you'll get like uh, you know, your North Carolina is about as standard as you can get. They've got Reese's, Snickers, M and M's. Yeah, I'd straight through North Carolina. Straight through all the chocolate. What's New Mexico? I lived there for a couple of years, and I don't remember <sighs> candy. Her- they've got Hershey's mini bars. Then Jolly Ranchers, then Candy Corn. It one one thing of becoming an um, an adult. I, I suppose I'm taking, you know, I'm proud of this because it's a healthy decision. I suppose, but like hard fruit candies, your Skittles especially, but like Starburst and like sweet tarts and stuff, they actually just make my teeth hurt to think about them now. <laughs> And I used to eat, like, remember runts? I used to oh, eat yeah. a lot of runts where you had those things. Like, oh, like just thinking about those now just gives me a toothache at this point. I must be getting old. It's not, and it's weird because it's not that I won't eat, you know, sugar or something like that or sweet things. But just thinking of some of those candies now, that does not, it's, it's hard for me to go away from, it's very hard for me to go away from anything that's chocolate. When you're looking at this, just, I'm you, trying to think of as an adult, does any quote fruit and I put fruit in quotes, but like, does any fruit candy even appeal to me anymore? Well, but, so because we've taken Millie to a couple of different truck or treat things and we did the boo at the zoo yesterday. So some in her bag are the little mini packs of Skittles, yeah. which I just pour into my hand and throw all in. It makes my uh, uh, again uh, potentially you know aging person take here, but that that makes my jaws hurt. Skittles, <laughs> it feels like manual I'm labor to work yet. those things. Sometimes the, the only the only fruit flavored candy, and I'm not a big fan of raspberries, but you know around Christmas when you'd have those uh, soft filled cran hard shelled oh, cranberries. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess you know, like a jolly. I guess I would take like a jolly rancher or something that you just. You just suck on. Yeah, you don't chew. But anything that I'm chewing anymore, I don't know. I'm not not really interested in it.
It's a weird take that I have, but I, as I talk about this, I, I'm, I realize I'm that way with Tootsie Pops. You know, oh yeah, cool. Just you know. I, okay, Tootsie Pops. I've never liked. No. First of all, all right, get ready. Shock jock take coming here. Strong take. Tootsie rolls in general, absolute garbage candy. <laughs> what is that? What it? It is not. It's like chocolate light. It's like diet chocolate. <laughs> But it's also, also, let's, can you give me something that is sort of like chocolate, but isn't quite chocolate? Also, make it as hard as you possibly can, and then put it in a brown wrapper, give it uh, a a visual that is about as unpleasant as possible, and then send it my way. What's the most? And then to put it inside of a sucker, like, that's not even a good taste combo. No. That's a gross combination. I hate Tootsie Pops. Sorry. No, I'm with you there. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, and, I interrupted you. You're going to ask but a no, question. No, you know the the regular size Tootsie Rolls, and then you get the little mini ones. They're they're equally bad. Yeah, I like. Sometimes they'll give you the like different flavored Tootsie Rolls. You'll see. You don't see them very often, but like vanilla or like even like a like a fruit flavored or something. Really? I'm more interested in that than I am the whatever maple diet chocolate taste of. The only, the only, I pro, you know what? I will never eat another Tootsie Roll in my life. I'll say it right now. I will never eat one again in my life. All right, I have no I, problem. I, with I that. told you guys which one I thought was the the worst list. I've got it down to which two states I think might have the best top threes. So, which of these two states do you think has a better top three? Okay, the one with Hershey Kisses, Hershey's Many Bars, and Reese's Cups. The cups being that being in order one to three, or the one that goes three musketeers, Snickers, Butterfinger. No, th- nobody should put three musketeers first. That's not a just an overall. It's a fi- it's a fine candy. It's just not a number one. Okay, it's, it is somewhere. It's not a number so one. So which of those lists? Uh, the first one. The first one, Maryland. Maryland. All right, has the yeah. best list. Where's the other top one? three candy? Mississippi, with the three musketeers first. Yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> Well, it doesn't make no idea. It's like a weird shot. No idea what that means. (laughs) Oh, I. Is that state east or west of the Mississippi? (laughs) I've got a couple ideas why it's number one, but I'm not saying them on air. (laughs) Oh, it's just a media. It's a. It's fine. It's It's fine. That's what it is. Very light and fluffy. It's fine. It's it's fine. This candy bar's got the same number of teeth I do. (laughs) That's why I I was going with it. (laughs) Uh, All right, seven twenty-five. That's a lot of candy talk. Take a break for sports. We got your morning drive coming up in about 10 minutes. You'll stay LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com to get today's top local and Husker news sent straight to your email. All right, let's get things started with your morning drive with number five. The 11 match win streak for the Husker volleyball team came to an end last night 25 23, 25 23, 25 18. It was a loss at number five, Wisconsin. Just 7,229 fans at UW. <laughs> uh, they, you know, I, I guess I I, I was uh, did a little bit too much complaining that things had been too easy, <laughs> and uh, I got my uh, I got my payback for that. And uh, they got outplayed last night. Wisconsin looked like the better team. Nebraska looked honestly as discombobulated as i've seen them in a long time yeah. honestly uh and that's in part due to wisconsin um i don't know what the rest of it is though to be well, honest there, there are going to be opponents that nebraska can come out flat and still be successful against 
Wisconsin's not one of those teams. And Wisconsin was so successful at the service line that Nebraska was playing on their heels, gave up a few aces, were playing out of system a lot, and then you don't get good swings. Then you're allowing Wisconsin to take a bunch of swings. Um, now, the, the hit percentage difference wasn't giant. The kills difference wasn't giant. Neither was the, the digs or anything. Airs were all pretty similar. It just came down to those first couple matches, one or two points here or there. And in the second set, Nebraska falls behind 22-12. And you think, okay, well, let's hope things turn around in the third. Then all of a sudden, it's 23-23. You're like, can something get weird here? And then miss a serve, game's over. Yep. Like, like that, that, that was sir, it. You, miss serve coming out of a timeout, right? Yeah, oh, you, you, man. You go into the third, hope that momentum carries over, and you're fighting. It's pretty close, but Wisconsin just slowly pulls away to that final. And it was, I do believe that there might be a mental, a mental block right now with Wisconsin for this program with Wisconsin because Wisconsin did have just an elite class that came through that got an extra year that you had to deal with. And it is now nine in a row that Nebraska has lost in the series to Wisconsin. I think Nebraska has the talent. Nebraska has the the personnel to beat Wisconsin. It's tough when you're at their place, and they've had that edge in the series. I do believe things will be different when you get to Black Friday. You, you, you at that point, might be playing for legitimately winning the Big Ten yeah. Conference that night. Yeah. You, oh, you got a horse race now between Nebraska and Wisconsin for the conference. And and if nobody trips up, you know, between then and now, that's exactly what that'll be. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. Business to take care of before that. They got Maryland coming up. They got a tough game at Ohio State coming up as well. Yep. Um, and then that, that final stretch is, is, as well. So Bright spot last night, though, Becca Alec just continues yeah, to be she's... unreal as a freshman. She It doesn't matter if the opponent is ranked, unranked, number five and defending national champion at their place, Becca Alex showing up right now. Yeah, she has matured as a player at warp speed, it feels like, from the beginning of the year yeah. until now. And and now the last couple of games she's been the I mean, she's been the most effective option on offense. She's uh, for a lot of cases. When when she gets set, she's hitting really well. She hammers home overpasses. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Th- there was a time last night that one of the Wisconsin Hitters tried to float one past her, right? mm-hmm. tried to go for the tip. And because she's so tall, she just snapped her wrist down yep. instead of going up for a full block and just killed it. She was like, Yeah, that's what I do. Yep. Yeah, now you got it. But now you got, you know, got to have Lonstein be a bigger factor in there. You got to find a way for Caitlin Horde to be a little bit of a bigger factor offensively. Yeah, she, just, she had seven blocks, were, but, but she's not getting the same. Same hitting opportunities yeah. that Becca Alec is right now, and you know, Krause need you know she's you got to get her back into into a rhythm too. You it's, got a bunch of really good hitters, and you, and this is something I said yesterday. If someone's having an off night, there's someone else to step up. You didn't see a lot of others all of a sudden go. I'm taking over this match. Maddie Kubik was all over the place. She did play well. That will be an electric atmosphere at Devaney Center. Cannot wait on Black it. Friday. Coming. Hopefully, after Nebraska just beats Iowa yes. in football. And U.S. Uh, just beat England in the World Cup. Yeah, uh, that that might be the least likely of the. No, no, those are the things we're all counting on. <laughs> Number four, city moving forward, changing out malfunctioning LED street lights. About fifteen hundred of the more than twenty-six thousand installed during the twenty nineteen LED street light conversion project have actually turned purple. They've gone from white to purple. Uh, Liz Elliott and the mayor announced this week uh, there's no charge for this. It's a manufacturing defect in some of the lights. And a lot of cities 
I've got the same problem. Yeah. They're, they're, and it was hilarious because, so, Liz Elliott gets up there to talk about it, and, and she's like, well, some people actually like them, but we're still changing them out. <laughs> I didn't know there were that many. I mean, they were, I didn't, they were, I mainly came across people who were just furious about them, and I, it, I would drive through and I'd be like, oh, that's kind of weird. I just, I, I didn't get too fired up about it, but there were some people who did, and so I'm glad they're being, they're going to replace, hopefully then they're going to last. You know, we got two free years of them uh, not burning out, too, on that, this whole thing. True. By the time that they, they come out, you won't have to do that for a long time. But again, as Caleb brought up, it did make you wonder, what are the potential, uh, what are the potential options here for color changing lights next time that we do this? Since you, had, you did have some people who liked that little, purple uh, electric glow that came down from those I'm maybe one of them. maybe we uh, you do you re- you like th- why did you like them I just i just like the change oh but you know i liked them too i, I want, can I buy want a, us to split up the uh, the districts across the city with different colors I, I i don't know you can buy these smart bulbs now you just tell your smart device what color you want the room and it'll flip right away how nice would it be after a uh, big win for nebraska to make all the all the lights red. It, it kind of looked like you're driving through hell, I guess. You want so, to, you, 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 is that weird? Uh, you want to do or, it the, the night the opposing team comes into town. Just yeah, make sure the so. whole red, yeah. whole city's right. red. I don't know. Anyway, get some get some blue up there around seventieth uh, and A, and run it right into some green going down A Street. Yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be fun. And on election day, we turn it red for our. Turn the city red on election day. Okay. All right. Just, all, right. Just, all right. Just checking. Red state, blue state. Oh, I got it. Red all right. city, blue city. Got it. All right. Red fish, blue fish. One fish, two Number fish. three. <laughs> three Florida men charged with stealing millions of dollars worth of meat from across the Midwest. Lancaster County Sheriff's Office uh, got into a months-long investigation. But actually began in June when uh, a couple of trailer loads were uh, stolen out of southern Lancaster County. Uh, total loss... Uh, a million dollars in Nebraska, nine million out of the six states involved. But uh, Lancaster County Sheriff's Office was uh, involved along with Homeland Security and some other uh, agencies. Uh, Miami, Florida was the uh, where it was all headed. This was quite the heist, Mark. It was. I mean, they got three guys, but I'm curious just how deep this whole scam, this whole heist they're running with meat thefts goes. That they were able, okay. That they were able to pull off so many of these, I, I, I mean, I gotta, I gotta think it's got to be a little difficult to have a super smooth exit stealing a trailer of meat. Look, it, it seems like it should not. It would be pretty difficult to be able to do that over and over and over again. Well, you probably had some inside help, uh, either with a, a shipping company where the uh, manifests right. were, were uh, noted. These tra- trailers were loaded, ready to go, ready to be picked up. And the legitimate um, hauling company or owner operator, That's whatever, true. Would, would have been there. You know, the second day they get a hold of that information back, in, and I mean, it's not going to be unusual to see. I, yeah, that's back. what I want to know is like how far this went into the actual whether it was a a, 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 a trucking company or the the plants themselves. Uh, all of those. I mean, you had to have some inside help yep. on this. You, you would be able so. to pull it over and off over you know, and over again. I don't know whether they used different uh, shipping brokers that, that did the lineup of the transportation, but 
Uh, it could have been somebody inside at a shipping company or one of the and so uh, companies that haul this type of stuff. So and then you're 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 taking them in a, a what like a freezer truck yeah, truck all the way down yeah, they're, to they're Miami. Re- they're reefers. They're designed for that type of stuff. And you take take it all the way down to Miami. And then the next question I have is, and then what? Well, obviously, what are you doing with a what are you doing with a million dollars of meat at that point? Well, obviously, they had that all figured out, and I'm sure it was distributed the minute they got into town uh, in the middle of the night. Several wow. other small trucks show up, and it's like way it goes. It's like a drug deal, but with meat. Yep, a good good analogy. Feels a lot more wholesome in some ways, uh, but still illegal. <laughs> yeah, when when you steal it, I, I I think you could have a movie about this. It's like. Uh, it's like Eastbound and Down meets Ocean's Eleven, or I mean, Smoking <laughs> the Bandit meets uh, Ocean's Eleven meets something with meat. Well, Smoking the Bandit too did have an elephant, so okay, all right, uh, all right. Well, glad they got them, and uh, I'm sure the meat these uh, meat processing plants are gone too because that's starting to pile up. Your, your insurance at some point is going to say, "Hey, yeah," but at uh, what point? At what point is it? Is it the packing company that that stands the loss? The shipping company. Oh, God. Uh, this sounds like a law school question. That sounds like a final essay exists, is who bears the loss in this sort of a situation. That's, that's Yuck. A good question. You just gave me a nightmare. <laughs> Number two. Speaking of nightmares, Big Ten Conference announced the 2023 football schedule. Nebraska opens the season. Conference game for the fourth consecutive year. They'll play at Minnesota Thursday, August 31st, 2023. So now we do need to know what's all going on with the state fair. Yeah, well, it's it's a big one. So, a couple of things about this. Um, number one, I think there were some people who had their eye. The, the original schedule did have this early Minnesota game on a Thursday night, by the way. So, that stayed yeah. there. So, Nebraska starts off with two road games. There are a lot of people saying, wow, that's, you know, tough. I mean, I guess it is. It is what it is. But, like, the schedule taken as a whole, beginning to end, I think looks fairly good for Nebraska. The crossover games are Michigan, Michigan State, and Maryland. Only Michigan State is on the road of those. Uh, you get Iowa back in Lincoln. You get Purdue coming to Lincoln. you got to go on the road to Wisconsin and Illinois as well as Michigan State uh, in Minnesota. Um, and, and it'll be fun, you know, to... Uh, to I think there will be a lot of people road tripping to that Minnesota game. I think, well, not just the Minnesota game, but I think to the, the Colorado, Colorado game the very next yeah. week. And the thing that I... Although you are starting with two games on the road, you have extra time between game one and game two because of it being on a Thursday and then the next week you playing on a Saturday. As opposed to think of this year where you were in Dublin, you fly back. Yeah. It is, it's essentially a short week. You do get the win against North Dakota, but it's a very different setup. And then, and then you go seven Saturdays where you only leave town once. Oh, that's true. So you have your Jeez. three home games in a row, non-conference of Northern Illinois, Louisiana Tech, and then your um, home conference opener with Michigan. Travel to Illinois, then you're off, home with Northwestern, home with Purdue. Get That that gets you to October. That's so you're going to go seven Saturdays, leave Se- Lincoln once. September 10th through November 3rd, there's only one time you leave. Yes. That whole time. That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't... That is, uh, there'll be a lot of home games, a big chunk of home games right in the middle and not much at the beginning or the end other than that. So, and, and the other thing about this is we looked at coming into this year the gauntlet that was traditionally this November schedule of Minnesota, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Iowa. Well, you still get Wisconsin, Iowa to close things out, 
but it's at Michigan State, then at home with Maryland. Now, Maryland's offense has been pretty good, and, and Michigan State's been, been fairly decent as well. They're an above-average team in the league. But that's not the same as what you were looking at coming into 2022 for the November right. run. Only other thing I say is, beyond the Colorado game, the non-conference games, and we knew these were Northern Illinois, Louisiana, Texas. That's nothing new. But those are like those are teams that are decent enough that those are not like bottom rungs. These are not like FCS type. No, teams. And, these and, are teams that'll that'll beat somebody during. And the year Northern sometimes. Illinois is close enough that that means they'll bring a, a few folks with them, and they've been well, they, they've, they've they been beat Mike good. Riley's team. Yeah, they've been good. So. Those are going to be ones, your home opener being Northern Illinois, potentially for a new coach or for the first time as full full head coach without the interim tag, Mickey Joseph. Yeah. Whoever it's going to be, that's your first time in Memorial Stadium. Right. Isn't that weird that uh, the first, you're going to have two games under the belt before the new coach, whoever it is? I mean, Mickey Joseph, yeah. even if it's Mickey Joseph, his official appearance there will be in Memorial Stadium. He'll already have two games under his belt. Hopefully, hopefully two wins and get the place nice. rocking. That'd be nice. Number one. 1936, 37, 46-56, Powerball 24 for the 700 million last night. Zero winners of the grand prize. So we're looking at 800 million for Saturday night's drawing. Whew. Now the the take home pay on that is uh, if you do the lump sum, it's in the three around three hundred fifty million before tax. But, uh, but that's after. Oh, is that before tax? I thought that was after tax. Um, you may be right because the, the take home, yeah, the take home is in the seven hundreds. It's it's uh, the lump sum. I think. I think. Um, and I always like to do this, like uh, like do the math. So you know, if if you if you wanted to use that for fifty years, so that's about. That's about seven million a year that you could you could pay yourself. By the way, the the cash value is three eighty three. Okay, so I calculated it for a, for, so I, I calculated it for three hundred fifty million. Yeah. So a little bit lower. Um, again, I, I always think this is fascinating to do. If you wanted to, and and really the smart thing to do, obviously, would be invest it. But let's say you just wanted to bury that cash in a bunker and pay yourself out of it. And you want, let's say you wanted to give yourself fifty years of payments, just for for a round number, you could you could pay yourself one hundred thirty four thousand dollars a week salary for fifty years. Is that more than what Steve Harvey's telling us after Fox News? No. It, oh yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's about what uh, the uh, uh, radio uh, show host in Lincoln, Nebraska gets one hundred thirty. Or to put it another way, it'd be a pay cut for him. You could put it in your bunker. Yeah. You could take out twenty thousand, twenty thousand dollars every day. That's insane for fifty years. That's insane. What am I going to do with my twenty grand today? It's a new day. It's a new twenty thousand. <laughs> what would you? What would you do every day? Twenty thousand. You are going to be a TikTok influencer. Twenty grand today. What do I do today? With it? Like, what am I doing? Am I getting on a plane right now? <laughs> am I buying a car right now? Twenty thousand every day for fifty years. It get how long? How long until that gets boring? I I'm going to. Am sit I just going to give ga- it away? I'm going to sit at this gas station till I'm out of money. Join me. I mean, my, come my, on. My suggestion is Warhorse. <laughs> Warhorse right away. <laughs> oh my god! What what am I going to do with this twenty thousand ten minutes later? Well, that went quick. <laughs> what are we going to do for the rest of the content? <laughs> no, today? I'm going to play penny slots for an entire month. <laughs> All right, that is it for your morning drive. It's brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management, which uh, the wealth management you might need if you win $350 yeah. million. Don't, 
They'll tell you probably not to do the bunker strategy. Don't do the bunker in 20K a day. <laughs> there, there you can, I would choose their wealth wealth management services over my bunker 20K a day. Still sounds fun, though. Yeah, listen Still to, sounds not uh, bad. Do it for a month and then see if you still want no, to continue. I would like to try that. <laughs> Twenty grand a month, twenty grand a day for a month, every day. Is it boring after that point? Listen, I, don't think I know so. you guys are the experts, but this former lawyer told me about this bunker idea, and I kind of <laughs> want to try it. <laughs> by the way, by the way, you're not. If the economy, if the stock market's still stinking, you're going to be okay. No stock market in the bunker. <laughs> no inflation in the bunker. <laughs> 754, it's Ellen K today with Check. I've been listening to too many of the commercials during breaks, haven't I? <laughs> 755 on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, something you can check out at KLIN.com. Magic Moments. We've uh, teamed up with Union Bank and Trust and done this for 20 years to make holiday wishes come true. Now through November 13th. You can nominate someone in your life who's facing tough circumstances, received a difficult diagnosis, or or deserves special recognition. Then in December, we are going to grant 20 of those wishes by surprising the nominees with a joyful holiday experience crafted just for them. So if you would like to see the nomination form and all the details about Magic Moments from Union Bank and KLIN, you can get online at KLIN.com. It's 8 o'clock. KLIN Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. Yes, it is. It, uh, it's time to get another keyword. And uh, if you text it in the Rickstein Recognition text line at 402-479-1400, you may get pick number eight for Fantasy Huskers this week. The keyword right now is... Vitality. <laughs> vitality. V-I-T-A-L-I-T-Y. And if you missed our 6 o'clock segment on Vitality, uh, you might want to go back to the podcast and listen to it because there's quite the discussion about this new thing that science has discovered. Uh, <laughs> Dave, you apparently heard it. Maybe. I did. I did. <laughs> it was a bit ambiguous. Yeah. It was basically, we got all these people who are in shape, got their crap together, get a good night of sleep. Uh, we've tested them. Uh, they're doing good. Then we got all the, you know, the fatties over here who are emotionally distraught. <laughs> Low vitality, and we concluded the ones with the whatever for the vitality is was a good thing. Vitality, thank you, good. thank you, science. I got to give me some of that. Maybe being a sloth, right. not good. Jeez. All right, welcome to uh, welcome to the Crow Lincoln segment. That was Dave Albers of Albers Co. Robin Eshelman of Eshelman Commercial Real Estate. They uh, have a show here Saturdays at noon, and then uh, join me at Thursdays at seven ten. And they tell me about news on businesses, restaurants, retail, and more. If you ever have a question, you can contact them Facebook or Twitter. They can find out what that building is going up in your neighborhood. 
Robin, good morning. First of all, how are you doing today? Hi there. How are you? I didn't even say hi. You just uh, squeezed in here at the last minute. I so. hear you're headed for the vet. Uh, I am not. Well, my yeah. dog's headed for the vet. I'm not. I'm, he's not, already there. He's already. Not, oh, you're. He's okay. already there. The appointment. I have a job that I have to be oh, at. So I wasn't part two of two hours at a vet last night. Yes. So, yes. Oh, fun. Oh. Uh, all right. Well, speaking of vets and pets. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Good this, segue. So uh, city council is doing some voting on on dog bars coming up uh, this week. There's a couple of them opening up, and there are these questions about what kind of uh, what kind of things need to be in place, rules and the like, to everyone feel comfortable with this sort of this concept. Um, and you did a little research into. Uh, just dog friendliness of existing restaurants. And yes, right there. Now. I and I think this issue probably led rise to a Facebook post where somebody said, "What is a dog friendly restaurant that I can take my dog to tonight?" It was a really nice day, um, and all these people started piling on. You know, just listing restaurant after restaurant after restaurant that they said was dog friendly. There was like thirteen of them, and I'm like, you know, I've just never heard this. So I started you know, messaging quick little messages to these restaurants. Um, out of the 13, only two confirmed that they are dog friendly. Okay. There were three that said, uh, you know, service animals, yes, but pets, no. Yeah. Um, and there were quite a few who didn't answer. So because you didn't answer this, there's all these people that think you're dog friendly right. and you may not be. So right. Yeah, well, and the ones that did answer... It, I think it was logical that where they were, what their comments were. I mean, one of them was Piedmont Bistro, and it, they said we encourage people to bring their dogs to dine on our patio and offer not a, in, not inside, not inside <laughs> on the patio, and and offer a canine cuisine menu for them to order dinner for their pets as well. Oh wow! And then the other one was uh, uh, Carmela's, and we absolutely do on our patio during the spring summer and fall months so, so, so that, there's a little theme there there is a website for this did you know that there's no. a what because I, I looked this up earlier now that i'm a dog owner with that it's called bring fido and you can just search the city and they give ratings for places that are are dog friendly types businesses and like this has now i would check with them i wouldn't take the i would check with the restaurant that's what i said other people are putting that on there yeah they're good they give a rating so they've got a bunch of but it's all i mean it's all just outdoor all it is is outdoor patio areas right right in all of these that i'm looking at here well and think if you're a it may vary from server to server i mean if you're a server and somebody walks in with a dog are you going to sit there and cross-examine them on whether this is a service dog or not you know you may give the benefit of the doubt uh you're gonna know mine's not i can tell you that (laughs) i can i can tell you that much (laughs) yeah (laughs) it'll take about it'll take about so Jack Mitchell comes in. If there's a dog on the table, (laughs) if there's a dog climbing on me, I think you got a good sense that probably not a a service dog. I don't know. Maybe that all changes after he gets his surgery today. We'll see. You're hoping Uh, for a lot, aren't you? We'll see. Uh, Dog training class, Jack, is the way to go. We got that, too. It only does so much.
Uh, all right, so that'll be it. so they'll make those decisions. But they're talking about things like uh, do, do they have to have like the vaccination status of all the dogs that come in there behind the bar? Well, that's what, are we going to have anti-vaxxer yeah. dogs? What's I, happening here at this point? I think this is this is, a vaccine passport for dogs. I yeah. assume that's what the city council is discussing with the dog bars. That's got to be a part. I haven't read it, but that's probably a part of it. Yeah, I think. I mean, I frequent the dog run now. God, I, I can talk about all these dog things now that I never. I just wanted no part of for so long. It's and now a, I'm it's a little culture, isn't it? It is, that I'm sort of unwillingly falling deeper and deeper into. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. We, uh, Robin, you try, any? Wait, by the way, any any other any other things on that here? No. Okay. Uh, KLIN zone of lunch, uh, Robin. You tried out the place in the new De Leon's or the old De Leon's building. They moved. Yeah, the, the Shmarma. Has anyone else at Broadcast House checked them out? I just I went there. I just went yesterday. I haven't talked to everyone and asked them, so I'm yeah. not sure. A uh, nice little place. It appears they cook your food to order, so I would advise calling ahead. Okay. Because I, you know, kind of sat in that drive-thru and did some email. Um, but but you get... <laughs> I'm laughing. Wow. <laughs> but people behind you are excited. Well, <laughs> I'm sure they were, too. Um, but you, you get... A lot of food for like 10 bucks. I got a gyro and a drink. They very kindly made a dietary substitution for me. They, nice. were, they were nice and flexible about that. Uh, the drink, there was enough for a week. <laughs> it was called a medium drink. And it's like, well, I won't need to get any more till next I like to hear that. Until next Tuesday. I like <laughs> so, to hear that. Yeah. So uh, very friendly. Um, best. Um, Let's see. What did I substitute for? Oh, the the oh, what are the little round brown things with the with the beans inside? Oh, I'm going blank. Brown brown. I couldn't have French food. fries, so Greek food. Uh, <laughs> I'm going blank. What's it called? But anyway, pita. Uh, not, no, know. the little brown, brown things thing. that are fried. Falafel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I've been, got it, got been it. told I should have that. You know, I thought it was it was very very good. All right. All right, so there you go. Try that out. It is open now, 48th and Vine in the old De Leon's building. And then uh, we got more restaurant news. Dave we on do. North 27th Street. Yes, at 915 North 27th. This is where the former Long John Silver's That's was been located. sitting there for a while. Uh, yeah, and we had talked about there being a Hawaiian barbecue, and it just wasn't. That fizzled. Never kinda, Darn. Kinda, that kinda never fizzled happened. So I just saw a building per minute for... Baghdadi House is what it said on the building permit. Okay. And it was only for like $500, so that that doesn't mean uh, much is being done. Oh, it's so, a beautiful building as is. There's not much right. to do to that, what, right? What more can you do? Because <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking Long Baghdadi John's, House and Long John Silver's I mean, pretty much the same. I motif. think Long John Silver's left that thing in pretty pristine condition. <laughs> now, I, I actually snooped in there right when they announced that hawaiian barbecue place and they had completely ripped out the inside and redone the inside oh so whoever these people are they locked out they got a brand new remodel that was intended for someone else interesting hmm. all right so do we know we so we don't know much more about the restaurant though it's called Baghdadi house right yeah all right. I would give it a little time so they no. can get their equipment ordered and then check it out. Okay. Uh, and then we've got uh, some liquor licenses. A bunch of liquor licenses. Dave, what yeah. do we got here? Well, uh, one of them is the U-Stop uh, on uh, Amherst Lane, which is by the new casino. And by the way, 
There's also one for the new casino. I don't think that's too surprising to people. I assume they're already serving in the temporary uh, one already, that they had that all put together at some point. That's my assumption. That's a big, I mean, it's a big revenue source, oh, I would yeah. guess, with this whole thing. And on top of things, uh, I don't know what they do at that one, but I know at some of the larger ones in, say, Las Vegas, they're free drinks for a that's lot That's for the high rollers, Dave. Yeah. That's for the high rollers. I'm going to guess they're not comp. They, I'm going to guess they're not comping you at the temporary warhorse. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying my point yeah. is they they may do it inexpensively though maybe because they're, you know. Yeah, that's true. They I don't want know. people to use poor judgment. <laughs> <laughs> the be- I mean the best way to do it in Vegas is to find one of the places that has the penny slots and that also is going to comp you those things. <laughs> And you can make a afternoon out of yeah. it and really and get free drinks. And if you play slow enough, it turns out to be a zero sum game. Right. <laughs> that's the way that's that's Jack Mitchell's guide to living large in Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, all right. Is time that a one. pamphlet or a book? <laughs> well, how are you doing at the slot today? I'm down four dollars and thirty seven cents, but I've had two free Bud Lights, so <laughs> Pretty good. So, <laughs> I'm feeling good. Uh, all right. Uh, more liquor licenses, Robin. A uh, uh, new convenience store chain has come to Lincoln or is under construction, getting ready to open. 3100 Northwest 12th. So this would be up by the airport. It is out of sight by a former motel that got sold and vacated. Fat dogs. They are from, oh, where was it? Grand Island, North Platte, somewhere in central Nebraska is where they're based out of. So they have um, pulled a liquor license request. And then over in uh, Jack's fun part of town, 84th and Van Down, Bob and Willie's Wonderbolt, they have pulled their... Hey, are they open yet? They're still not open here? I want to do some mini bowling here. Yeah. I haven't... I think I I was just driving by the other day and I was asking, is that place open We need you to do a review on that i will i have to look up their facebook page and see if they have any details we have a lot of places we need to check out because we have talked about about doing some tours of north 27th street of some of these newer food places up there and yeah yeah. maybe you ought to just uh, wonder bowl yeah there's all kinds of places we could go you know you just need to I'll, i'll tell you what you need to do is get a uh is is get a budget here and then you could just uh send send you know people out all over and they could try these places hey, and, and report back maybe to you. these restaurants up there should think about sending a klin team out because we'd love to come to your lunch and review you yeah right. that'd be good that would be good uh mini bullet it says see you soon still as of october 25th so they're and working two on days it ago yeah. so still no mini bowling yet all right uh let's see we got 230 games so no show this weekend uh, right, we we do not have a show. Sorry, no. I didn't didn't mean to. And may, most likely, we'll not have a show next weekend either. I think yeah. we have a couple weeks where we yeah. are on hiatus. Probably, so. probably, but uh, enjoy your buys. Yeah, bye weeks, <laughs> bye weeks for the Crow Lincoln team. Uh, but they will still be uh, joining me here every Thursday at eight ten. So uh, you can get all your information on what's opening, closing, moving, and the like from them at that time. And I'll repeat again: if you do have any questions for them about uh, a place, what it's going to be, you can always hit them up on Facebook or Twitter, and it creates some content. We'll answer it on their segment here as well. So uh, your chance to find out more from the insiders here. Robin, Dave, thank you very much. I appreciate it, and thank we'll you. see you guys Good next to see week. You guys. All right. All right, there you go. It's 822. We will grab a break. That's it for the Grow Lincoln team right now. 51 degrees, cloudy skies in the capital city on KLIN.
psychologist Jessica Blum. Someone who makes you as happy as this guy does when he says, Touchdown, Nebraska! It's time to go one-on-one with the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Brought to you by Bryant Air Conditioning, Heating, Electrical, and Plumbing. Yes, it is. Back to a game week and a big game week for Nebraska. Ranked team coming in. Sometimes it's hard to believe a ranked team and no disrespect intended, but it's it's Illinois, so I just I'm having a hard time getting my head around the fact that uh it's Illinois that's the ranked team they're playing, but it is a ranked team now, seventeenth in the nation, and a big game. Greg Sharp will be calling here on KLIN at two thirty on Saturday. Pre-game starts at ten thirty. Good morning, Greg. How are you doing today? Everything's good. You know, it's just been a strange couple weeks, right? You, you play, you get a bye, you get two games and another bye. So it's just like, come on, let's yeah. get into a rhythm here. You know, it's it's interesting that you say that because I remember coming off of that Oklahoma game and I was like, oh, God, I think everyone uh, from the players to the coaches to the media to the radio guys to the play-by-play guys are ready for a uh, for an off week here. And and now this second one coming around, I kind of feel like okay, this is it. Feels like it's going too long till they're playing. It's like a totally different feeling now compared to that first bye week. Sure is the first one you needed it because of all of the swirling of change in the yes. air. This one you kind of uh, and maybe this one you needed too because you're beat up a little bit. Yeah, after that you probably did. Game, so yeah. probably yeah. did. It's just a long season, Jack. You go back to playing week zero. You start practice in late July. And yep. so it just adds, it just adds a couple weeks. Hey, the good news is we found out yesterday that there's not a week zero. It's going to be Nebraska Thank going goodness. on week, week one next year on Labor Day weekend. I don't want to do that again for a long, long time. You probably don't either. Uh, yeah. but yeah, that'd be, that'd be just fine with me. We'll get more into that here in, in a little bit. But, um, yeah, as, as I alluded to, you know, it's just, it's, it's probably not something that we thought would, we'd be looking at would be a ranked Illinois team when we saw the schedule at the beginning of the year. And, you know, we know Illinois beat Nebraska last year, uh, but still, Brett Bielema's got this thing going a little bit more quickly, I think, than people expected and sort of infused his brand of football onto this team maybe a little bit more quickly than expected. Tell me about uh, what you've seen as you've been preparing, taking a look at Illinois. Yeah, she, he's, he does. He knows how to build it. He, he knows what the blueprint is. He just took the Wisconsin blueprint, tried to do it at Arkansas, and it really just didn't quite work out for him there, although he took couple of teams to decent bowl games at Arkansas. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it was a complete failure. It, it just, I think his personality didn't fit very well in Fayetteville. And so now he's just taking that whole thing to Champaign. And it works. His his way of doing things works. And he's developed a very physical football team, and he's getting them to believe that they're pretty good. I, I think, you know, I, I look at them, and I'm not just blown away by them. I they, They're solid. They do some really good things. But this isn't, this isn't an upper echelon team in the country. They're not that. They're not there yet. They may get there in a couple of years if he can uh, put some decent, decent talent out there. But he, he's done a great job, and they've got a great chance to win this wide-open West if they take care of business. And so they know how big a game this is for them on Saturday as well. The thing that stuck out to me when I was doing a little uh, a reading up on on Illinois, and I've watched them a bit, but when you actually look at the numbers, the thing that really stood out to me was just the frequency with which they give Chase Brown the ball. Like, you know, we, we probably think Anthony Grant has, you know, Nebraska's got a bell cow like they haven't had in a long, long time before. Just to give you an idea, Chase Brown has like 50 more carries than Anthony Grant has this year. <laughs> He's got 192 carries this year. The next closest running back for their team, Reggie Love, has 31. 
to give you an idea. Mm. Um, they they will use him. They will pound him and pound him and pound him and pound him to the point that 35, 40 runs a game is is not going to be abnormal for him. So, I, I mean, I feel like it's not a lot of mystery about what uh, Illinois is going to be doing offensively against Nebraska. A little play action, a little rollout with the quarterback as well. They play off of But, yeah, it, the run game sets up everything they do offensively. And going back to the blueprint that he established at Wisconsin, he would do that to those backs at Wisconsin. Monte Ball and some of those yep. guys would get a boatload of carries. And, and, you know, he had a little bit more depth at Wisconsin because he'd also have a Melvin Gordon he could throw in there and do some different things. We, we all remember the jet suites that Melvin Gordon ran yep. for 600 yards against the Huskers. But, yeah, it's it's going to be a steady die to Chase Brown. He's really good. You wonder, can he can he hold up the entire season? Now, they got a bye week last week, so I'm sure he's got fresher legs for Saturday's game, but can he hold up deeper into November in this thing and keep, keep standing upright? But yeah, yeah, that's, that's their formula. And then they boot off of that. Their quarterback is a, is a transfer from Syracuse who really wasn't that great at Syracuse, but he manages what they wanted to do and makes accurate throws when he, when he has the ability to get out of the pocket. He's been, you know, it's interesting because he's been, uh, Tommy DeVito, I call him Danny DeVito's son. Uh, he, uh, he, uh, he's been, so many times you'll see these, these, you know, kind of this, I call him this mediocre group of big, big 10 quarterbacks that, that put up, uh, numbers that aren't too impressed. You know, the Mertzes, the Morgans, uh, of the world, those, those guys, they're always about 50 50 on touchdowns and interceptions. The one thing DeVito has done is he's got only two interceptions this year compared to 10 touchdowns. That's what set him apart as a quarterback this year. It's not gaudy, you know, yards or anything like that. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things, Greg, is just turnover avoidance for this team that has made them successful this year and then getting the turnovers on the other side of the ball. That's exactly it. Again, that's that old Wisconsin formula. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about outside of Russell Wilson, can you name a quarterback from Wisconsin over the last crazy. 10 years or so? I mean, Jack Cohn was pretty nondescript, Yeah, but that's it. He, they just drill into the heads of their quarterbacks. Don't make mistakes. Don't make mistakes. We yeah. win the turnover battle. We just take care of things. We button everything up. We're going to win. Well, that works well, Jack, if you play in front. And they've been able to play in front. Yeah. It's harder for those kind of teams if they fall behind early in the game. But I think that is so important Saturdays for Nebraska to jump out and get a lead. And, and we've been pretty good on those opening drives of games. So maybe you get the football, take her down there and score, go up 7 nothing and get them off script a little bit with what they want to try to do. That'd be huge. Yeah, you know, you've pointed out all the reasons why they've had such great success this year. They don't turn the ball over. They have a good running game. They stop other teams from running the football. Generally, that that equates to winning winning football games. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the news on on defense this week. We, you know, we kind of, I think we alluded to the to the fact that this is probably coming, but we know Nick Henrich is is now out for the year. Uh, what's we saw what you know that kind of looked like for a bunch of the Purdue game without him, um, and he wasn't necessarily somebody who was, you know, somebody where you're like, okay, he's making play after play that you saw around the ball on uh, during the game, but I still feel like he's probably going to be a big loss here. Uh, number one, how does that impact the defense, and and how do you think they're going to kind of atone for him being not being out there this week? Yeah, with these with these games coming up, with these running based offenses that Nebraska is going to face, it's it's a killer because he was really the the leader of that whole pack. I mean, one of the captains on this team, and I think Bill Bush yesterday said it was a kick in the gut was what that thing was, and you just feel awful for Nick because he got hurt in the opener against Northwestern, mm-hmm. worked his way back, got back on the field, was playing pretty well. And then gets hurt again at the Purdue game. The good news is you get Luke Reimer back for the week. So you get your leading tackler back on the field. And 
he should be all over all over Memorial Stadium's turf on on Saturday chasing down Brown. So that's good news. Yeah. It's an opportunity for other guys. You, you've got Chris Kalarvik, who they've now moved back to the inside linebacker spot. Bob Clements has played quite a bit in there. Ernest Hausman from Columbus. And you heard Bill Bush yesterday mention Garrett Snodgrass's name. We haven't heard that yeah. name in a long, long time. He's been battling injuries, but I think he's finally healthy. So he's going to get a, some snaps in there as well. But with, with Illinois and Minnesota and Wisconsin and Iowa all coming up, and obviously Michigan does some different things. But those teams all are going to make you try to defend the run game. And so your inside linebackers are going to be a huge part of the plan every week. Yeah, it, you know, it's, it is interesting to think that this defense so rarely – I kind of come in, came into this, this season thinking, okay, this defense is going to kind of have that anchor of that experience of Henrich and, and Reimer and Nelson at, at that edge-slash-linebacker position. Boy, you played so few games where all three of those guys were healthy this year. It, it's just too bad. Um, because, as you yep. mentioned, you had the injury to Henrich at the beginning of the year, you had Reimer injured throughout, and now you've got Henrich injured at the end. And I don't even know how often that happened. Uh, maybe a little while in the middle there, but not much. Well, and you go on the offensive line, and I know that's a part, it's a sore subject for a lot of Husker fans, but they've got four guys out right now. Yeah. With Nuri going down in June with his suspension, Teddy's out. Brock Bando missed the Purdue game. I don't know if he's going to play Saturday. And and, and uh, Kevin Williams has been out Williams, for a yeah. couple weeks. So I mean, that's four of your top ten. I mean, that that's going to yeah. hurt anybody. And so that I'm you know I'm trying to cut those guys a little bit of slack because it's hard to get some chemistry going when you got a different guy lining up Agree. with you every Saturday. Agree. Hey, are people going to start covering Trey Palmer? Do you think this year or not? <laughs> yes, and it starts this week. <laughs> I I mean Absolutely. I keep thinking that Greg, but it's not happening so far. No, this week, you you watch. They're going to roll the safety over the top, and it's going to it's going to be. And I know Nebraska knows it's coming, so they're they're challenging Washington and Alante Brown and Oliver Martin and so on. You guys are going to have to now win your battles because yeah. they're going to just man up on you, and they're going to double him. And so you guys need to go get open. Here's another thing with Illinois, and I'm trying not to badmouth them too much because I I do respect them. But Jack, look at who they've played. You know they they put up really gaudy defensive stats. But is Iowa's offense very good? Is Minnesota without Tanner Morgan very good? Mm. We know Indiana's offense is pretty suspect because we shut them down for a half of football. Yeah. So you just kind of go through who they played. And Graham Mertz isn't a great – Casey Thompson is going to be by far the best quarterback they've seen all season long. So I think there's going to be some opportunities for Nebraska to make some plays Saturday. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I do wonder. Assuming, and I figured this was eventually going to come in in the Big Ten. All joking aside, that somebody's going to say, "All right, we are taking Trey Palmer away." How could you not after you've watched the film the last three weeks? But I wonder does that does that potentially open up the running game more? Does that is it go maybe to you know maybe some of the shorter stuff with other receivers that gets the benefit of that? How much do you think that just sort of opens up potentially some things for the Nebraska offense that wasn't there in the past? I think it does, and I think Mark Whipple's anticipating that. So they're they're anticipating. They said they're all on the bye week. Mark Whipple did not go out and recruit, so he's sitting there going, "All right." If I'm going to self-scout us, here's what I'm going to try to do. And, and you know, you, you, you guess, you do a little bit of guesswork. But you also realize, man, that, that, that people can't just let Trey Palmer continue to run wild. Let me give you the wild card for Saturday. I think it's Tommy Hill. Tommy oh, Hill now has had a full month of playing over there. Tommy Hill had some patterns against Purdue. And if you go look, if you could go find the all-22 shot, Tommy Hill was as wide open as oh, me geez. to you right now. And so Tommy Hill has burning speed, maybe faster than Trey Palmer. Pretty, I'd love to see a foot race yeah. between those two guys. So if you're going to do that, we're going to put Tommy Hill on the other side. 
and let your guy try to cover him in case he just launched the ball down the field toward Tommy Hill. So I think there's some really cool opportunities for Nebraska's offense. Mark Whipple is really good at what he does, and we saw some cool stuff that he came up with against Purdue. I think he'll have some neat stuff for Saturday. Oh, I ca- I'm going to call it, though. There's still going to be a 50-yard bomb to Trey uh, at some point. They're going to so. still make it work. Yeah. yeah. Hope so. <laughs> hey, uh, Greg, I want to ask you, because you might have some unique insight in this. I'm just I'm curious. You know, you've sat down with Mickey several times in, in your various roles there um, and at the beginning. And I, I'm just curious, as, as it's kind of evolved, as it's gone on a few weeks, has he gotten more comfortable? Has he different? Has he felt more head coachy throughout all of it? Uh, just kind of curious about that evolution, which has to be a difficult one being thrown as an, in as an interim coach. I'm, I'm glad you asked that because of our road games the last couple weeks. It gives me a chance to be around the team a lot more because I can hang out with them breakfast time and some of those things. It's impressive to watch him go work a room. I mean, he goes up to every table whether it's the managers, whether it's the student assistants, whether it's the career head, the, the true assistant coaches, and he's got something to say to all of them. Hey, remember this, or do this, or hey, what, do we have this covered? It, I mean, it, the interaction is really impressive. And then to see him around the players, and, and it's just so different than, than Scott Frost. Scott did not have that kind of a outgoing personality. It's not good or bad. It's just way different. But I, I like what I see from Mickey. I'm not here campaigning for his job. That's up to him. He's got to go. This is the, the audition part is on him now to what, how he coaches these games. But man, I just, I just have really been impressed with the way he handles himself and the way he has wrapped his arms around this fantastic opportunity given to him by Trev Albert. Yeah. And, and, and neither you nor I have the answer to this, but it's real. I just wonder, I wish I could get inside Trev's head. Like, how much do you value and analyze the outcome of the next five games in considering Mickey as a candidate? Because in some ways, it's all you've got in terms of his resume as a head coach. He just doesn't have it. But on the other side, you know, the same way if, you know, if Matt Campbell went two and three to finish the season, you wouldn't eliminate him from the running. So, it's. I mean, it's just a. It's a difficult calculus. I don't envy sort of how you weigh apples and oranges like Trev has to do here. Well, I think you know it's no. If Nebraska goes zero and five down the stretch, I, I think the, the odds would be really slim that Mickey's the guy. If Nebraska goes two and three, it's going to be interesting. If yeah. they get to three and two and get to a bowl game, I think Mickey's. Got, well, he'd be the odds-on favorite to be think the, so. the, the permanent head coach moving forward. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of moving parts. Trev is still doing the work behind the scenes and I think probably using the the search firm to kind of identify a pool of candidates and you know Trev's probably making some calls on the side asking people about what he who they think about coach x or y or z but also keeping an eye on what Mickey's doing and so that's this is the fun thing about it it may be it may drive all of us crazy over the next five weeks trying to figure out where this thing's going and I don't know when the Jack Mitchell's ch- uh, tracking flight plan starts, but I mean, it, it's all going to probably start happening here in a few weeks. The, yeah, the, and, and the only thing I wondered, and I'm curious what you think about this, if for whatever reason he would decide it's Mickey, is there any reason why you wouldn't wait till the end of the season to make that announcement and you might do it a little sooner, or do you think sure. no matter what, it still comes later? No, I think if if it's pretty obvious by mid-November that you're going forward with him, sure, make the announcement. Get and particularly if you maybe have a bull bit on the line, that might be the extra kick for the players to to push forward. And, hey, the players love him; they're they're rooting for him. They would like, and obviously that he's the known. You're scared of the unknown. You don't know what if Coach Y comes in is going to like you as much as Mickey would. So that's yeah. where the players are going to pull for him and play hard for him, and that's 
part of the battle of being the head coach yep. is to get your guys to play hard for you. Uh, what do you think about the schedule that uh, was released yesterday? You know, it's kind of a lot of what we expected. I think the you know the headlines are probably whoever this new coach is or or Mickey as coach. Uh, they're going to start with two road games before finally debuting at home, like three weeks into the season. But uh, your your initial reaction to that schedule? Yeah, I don't like that. I mean, that's not ideal, right? I yeah. mean, uh, particularly in the sport of football, the the first. First year or so is just where you build your momentum, and it was where Scott Frost couldn't get it going. And Mother Nature had part of a reason to do with yeah. that with the the Akron game. But I, I don't love it. But you know, whoever's going to be the coach, whether it's Mickey, or I'm sure he's going to spend it. Well, it's a great opportunity to, to go do some things. Uh, you know, if you go and you could get a win or two in those first two games, and then look up at the schedule and go, okay, we have ten games left, and we only leave town three more times. I think you could flip it that way if you can go get a win or two in those first couple of weeks, but. I'm probably like a lot of people, Jack. I'm, I don't love starting with conference games. I know the TV I, I'm with you. do, and they're, they're dictating you. all this. They're the yeah. ones pulling the levers on these things, and it's, so it's not going to go away. I think there's three of them next year in the opening week, three conference games. We're one of them with Minnesota, so don't love it, but it is what it is. Now we know what it is, and everybody can plan their weddings for next fall. <laughs> Yeah, we do have that. And, and, and I guess I will say this to finish up, um, you, you know, outside of those two road games, I do think the Big Ten slate, you know, the crossovers, you, you have Michigan uh, coming here, you don't get Ohio State, you don't get Penn State. I think the rest of it kind of sets up pretty well, especially when you get into that Big Ten slate uh, this yeah. this final year with divisions. Yeah, and like like we said, you get those first two road games out of the way and you hardly leave town the rest of the season. So yeah. if, you, if you can go protect your turf, you can you can have some fun. I will caution people, because of this new TV deal, I think we're probably going to have a Thursday or Friday night home game in Lincoln at some point in time. I just think the conference is going to push Nebraska to do that, and that's going to cause all kinds Ooh. of problems with people who park in those city garages. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. At some point, it'll probably be it'll probably be there. The more inventory that they've got to fill, and they want those games in there. Right. I think you make a good point. All right. Oh, and by the way, I can't stop thinking of your scenario now, where Nebraska plays Iowa. Both have five wins at the end of the season. Let's go. It's going for the bowl game. <laughs> Holy cow! I don't. That might be the swan song for Kirk Ferentz. The way it's going too, which is amazing to say at this point. It's but, not that far fetched, right? Yeah. That that's on the line for that game. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, Greg, uh, we will talk uh, We will talk more football next week, maybe get into a little basketball then, too, as we'll be getting ready for Husker basketball as well and, and volleyball, too. Uh, we'll be listening to the game. Thanks so much for your time. Uh, by the way, what, what do you got on Sports Nightly tonight? Double Barrel Coaches shows John Cook at 6. Barrett Rood will be our football guest tonight at 7 o'clock. John Cook may not be in the best of moods. Just warning. I will not be. I will not be sitting across from. Yeah, I know. I, do, I better call J, tell JB. <laughs> All right. Hey, have a good one, Greg. Thank you. You bet. Thanks. <laughs> there you go. That's right. They, they have Baylor do the interviews with uh, with John Kick. Hey, what's the deal? What? What are your thoughts coming back I home? I told you you shouldn't peak too early. I'm glad that you were listening. Listening to the Jack Attack. So you got. Top five team in the country went up there. Now you come home. They're unranked. They're what do you think, Coach? <laughs> All right. It's 56. Take a break. We'll tell you what the fantasy Oscars picks uh, were, and we'll wrap up the show for you after this on KLIN. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Just a couple of them. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, let's get some fantasy Huskers. But Caleb wouldn't tell me. He said he wanted to tell me on the air. All right, was. well, coming into today, Shane had the high at 275. 
Allen says Illinois is going to run for 345 yards. Oh, my God. Brett says 555. (laughs) Ah, What? All right, guys. We said take the extremes. We said take the extremes. That would be some kind of a record, wouldn't it? (laughs) Oh, please, no. See you tomorrow, 9 o'clock. KLM Lincoln.